Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. I am Chris, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Ben, and we are here to talk football episode three on our podcast adventure, bringing you our opinions as well as news and updates from around the league. And there is a potential huge update in the form of an injury that has just taken place on the Thursday night game. Ben, you got any more info on that? Well, there's not much out, um, but Patrick Mahomes on a... QB sneak on a fourth and one in the red zone. Went out with a knee injury. Uh, replay shows the trainer actually putting his kneecap back to where it was supposed to be. Yeah, that was pretty nasty. Uh, he limped off the field, uh, went down the tunnel, got an x-ray. Very quickly out of the x-ray room, which is not good news. Usually not good news. Um, but, again... Nothing will be known until he gets that MRI because I remember Tom Brady was walking off the field in 08 after he got hit, and it wasn't until the MRI showed that he had a torn ACL. So I know a lot of guys still have torn ACLs, walk off the field on their own power, but I would say after seeing Mahomes on the sidelines, a few minutes after that, he was walking, legitimately walking, not just like limp walking, yeah. like, like people with torn ACLs. I don't think it's an ACL. I'm not a doctor. Neither of us are doctors. Right. Uh, both Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes say he's going to be fine, but neither of them are doctors, although Patrick Mahomes does know himself better than anybody. Right. So I but tend to believe him. We won't know until that MRI Exactly. Shows. But I, I certainly hope it's nothing serious because he's, he's a great young player, and it's always a shame when someone that talented, well, anybody gets hurt, but especially when someone who brings so much of the game gets injured. Right. I think there'll be more on this next Tuesday when we drop episode four. I think we'll have a clear picture of what happened through the MRI and the ramifications. Um, it is, uh, it's, I mean, it's not affected Kansas City too much. They're still up big. I think it's more indicative of what Denver is as a team and collectively what Joe Flacco is as a quarterback. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, we'll have to see what happens. It's, it's scary. Um, and he was already, he already came in with an, uh, ankle injury. So this this could be bad news for Kansas City, but hopefully, hopefully, um, he's good. Well, I'll say this much: they were, without a doubt, a lot of people's Super Bowl favorites. You have to wonder not only with the last two weeks, but with even without the knee injury, Mahomes was kind of limping around with a bum ankle. Hadn't been himself. The Chiefs don't necessarily look like the Super Bowl favorites they did three weeks ago. I think it's a good time to bring up a topic that we have actually been asked several times, and that is, who is our Super Bowl favorites? Right. And if we started the season in late August, early September, we would have had that out. Um, but we're going to go with right now at this point. Um, we made our picks before the injury, so the injury really didn't affect us our decisions too much. I'm going with uh, New England against San Francisco. Um, I think Tom Brady and the Patriots, there's not really much competition, especially if Kansas City's out of the picture. There's there's nothing, there's nothing. not much competition. Um, their defense is playing at an ungodly level right now. And I, I would say that's the same thing about the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Jimmy's not playing, you know, MVP level, but he is playing well enough uh, with a decent enough running game, especially when they get a uh, use check back uh, to help lead block. 
And the defense is just on another level. And they're doing it a little differently than the Patriots are. They're they're more about their front seven, whereas the Patriots are more about their the secondary. secondary. Yeah. So I think it would be an intriguing matchup, especially obviously the Jimmy G, Tom Brady aspect. But it'd be just two really good football teams if everything plant played out the way it's playing out now. I think it'd be a good matchup. Um, who are you looking at for the Super Bowl? Well, I agree with half your pick, and we're going to sound like homers here. And, and I, I, I'm going to go with the Patriots for the AFC, simply because who, like you said, who out of the AFC is, is really a contender to beat them right now? I mean, Baltimore looks like world beaters one week, and they're tripping over their own shoelaces the next week. Right. Kansas City, even if Mahomes' injury isn't serious, has still not looked great. I mean, the first three weeks they looked bulletproof, and right. then the last couple they've just stumbled. Who else? I mean, the only the only real hope for another team in the AFC is that they catch the Patriots napping. Right. Yeah, in the playoffs in Gillette in January. Good luck. I mean, Baltimore stellar defense did it. The Jets' stellar defense did it right. years ago. But their stellar defense. Those were incredible, epic. epic. I mean, just multiple Pro Bowl caliber players on those team defenses. They were not just a team that got lucky on all phases. Right. And, and, and I don't see it happening. The only team, two teams you could look at are Houston and Indy, and they're going to be fighting with each other for the yeah. division win. And they're going to go have to go to New England in January. Those are two dome teams. They won't do well. Houston's not a dome, is it? Houston's a dome. Houston but it's, dome? it's retractable. Oh, okay. So it can be a dome. But regardless, they play in Texas and it's... And I'll, I'll say this much. Um, <laughs> they beat Houston when they were a much better team years ago defensively. So while obviously it's not the same team and you have to play the game to see the result, I'm, I really don't see anybody touching them. Of, of course, that's, you know... Unforeseen injuries aside, you know. Right. NFC, as great as San Fran has looked, I have to go with a matchup in the Super Bowl I've wanted to see for the past decade, and that is the Patriots and Tom Brady against the Saints and Drew Brees. Brees is coming back. This team is playing at an incredibly high level, even without their leader. The defense has been superb. The offense has been more than functional with a guy who people didn't give any credit to. And I just – I think it's the year you're going to get that matchup. Yeah. And I just – I I think the Saints are the team – I think they're the most complete team. Honestly, we should have had it last year. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to go down that road. No, but yeah. But we honestly should have had it last year. Um, I, I just I, – I think you have a gr- just two great quarterbacks. Yeah. Two really good coaches, great coaches. Two incredibly solid defenses. Really strong. Uh, uh, you know, the screen game is really strong. Two very, very, very well matched teams. Yeah, it'd be a very exciting game. It would be. And I, I wouldn't. I don't know exactly how New Orleans is doing on a defense. I have to dig into it a little bit more. Uh, I know they have Marshawn Lattimore, Von Bell in the secondary. They have a nice little. Uh, Couple other corners, uh, I can't think of their names. Obviously, they still have Cam 
Cameron Jordan, uh, Sheldon Rankins. Uh, but I, I'm guessing as a collective unit, they came together when Drew went down because it's astonishing that their points against per game went from 20.8, 20.8 down to 13.3. A stunning reduction from when Drew was starter to when Teddy's been the starter. Now, I'm not saying they didn't play because of Drew. No, no, no. But they clearly, they clearly took the message of if we want this season to be something, and we know Drew is coming back, we're going to elevate our game. Not only that, how many defenses and teams don't look good the first few weeks of the season because they're just, they're just you know people who got a late start in training camp. They're not they're not quite gelled as an offense or a defense yet, and you know you get in the week three or four, and the team looks totally different, and they carry that throughout the entire season. So we'll we'll see. From uh, from what will be the game of the year in the Super Bowl, at least hopefully it's supposed to be, to our new segment where Ben and I will each choose what we believe will be the most exciting game to watch for the week. All right. And for me, I chose the Ravens at the Seahawks. That's a cheap pick. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be a really good game. Seahawks, we all know what Russell Wilson can do. He can. He's a magician. <laughs> I mean, that defense is getting better and better. Run for 150 and one, and still just kill your defense. Very interesting dynamic in that game, and I look very, I very much look forward to watching that. So, uh, what's your pick then? Well, I'm going to sound like a homer, but I'm going with New England uh, and the Jets. Could look like a mismatch, um, especially what they did to do them early in the season. Uh, but they have Donald back. Um, it was a different team last week with Donald back. They did. They beat the Cowboys. Uh, we don't know what the Cowboys are right now because they're three and three. Uh, it's like heck, Jekyll and Hyde at this point with Dallas, Cow- Dallas Cowboys. Uh, but I think with the return of Darnold, Darnold with the the reemergence of, of Ryan Anderson and Le'Veon Bell can now run better because there's a legit quarterback. They're starting to get pieces back on defense. They they. All reports out, C.J. Mosley is going to start this week. That defense is different when you have your middle linebacker leader that you Absolutely. paid a lot of money. It's going to be it's going to be an interesting game, uh, and I don't know what weapons Tom will have on offense because it seems like it's rotating every week. Uh, we'll have to see when the injury report comes out on Sunday on who's going to be available for receivers, who's not, what running backs will be available, who won't, line, offensive line. They're working through a, who's going to be the actual fullback. If they're going to utilize a fullback, they're, they're bringing in all sorts of cast of characters to see if they can replace somebody. Because now they've gone through two fullbacks. No one's going to replace Devlin now. No, no one's replaced. And, and Jakob Johnson seemed to be trending well as a suitable replacement. But now he's out. So uh, I think they'll have to just kind of rework the offense a little bit to help Tom move the offense. I'll say this much for the Jets. In all honesty, like I said, they were a different team with Sam Darnold there. They just they looked great last week. I don't want to jump the gun after one week against a struggling Dallas team. But they looked really, really good. They looked efficient. Uh, they always play the Patriots tough defensively. Always. And now they have an offense that looks like they can actually score the ball. Le'Veon Bell is actually a weapon with Darnold in the backfield. I mean, 
I would tell this you. game honestly concerns me. I got a hundred percent honest because the division games are always tough. It's in New York, always. prime time. The Jets are going to be fired up. You have you know the rest of the media you know mm. throwing every little jab they can to try to throw fuel on the right. Jets' fire, which is fine. That's what they do. But it's going to be a very interesting game. I don't think it's going to be a. Forty to three, Patriots blow by. You're looking, you're looking at seventeen, fourteen. Yeah, it's going to be a close one. I think really close. That's that's, that's what I think it's going to be. It's going to be uh, a deep matchup of who's going to win each battle, each drive, each play. Everything's going to matter. Um, every yard's going to matter. This is going to be. This is going to be the. I don't want to say it's going to decide the division because. The Patriots are up big on, on the Jets. But for the wild card spot, if the Jets go on a run, maybe they can grab a wild card spot. And now during the playoffs, anything anything's possible. Um, they're definitely going to be fighting with the Bills uh, for a wild card spot. So I think it'll be, in, it'll be an interesting game. Uh, it would concern me as well. Uh, there's, just, there's just a revitalization with the Jets. Because they have their starting quarterback back, and it's a different offense with him in the game as totally. opposed to. Yeah, it's not a five-yard dink and dunk in the ball to Olivia Bell for three yards at a time. Well, just look offense. at the the pass he made yeah. to Ryan Anderson, and that one went for ninety plus yards. Robbie Anderson was very yeah. I mean, that was, <laughs> and he didn't do anything special. No, he just he, he just, was, go, he just over outran the defense. Right, and, and he can do that. And there was a guy who missed the tackle, but. But then he then he outran the defense. When you have a quarterback who can throw to you more than five yards downfield, right? You can do plays like that and, and, and oh, expand your offense. Okay, so that's your game of the week. Yes. What's your final score? Who wins? Final score for that game is going to be New England twenty, New York Jets sixteen. Close one. Yeah. For me. My Ravens at Seahawks game. I am going to say Seahawks win 31-24. Seahawks win 31-24. Yes. Interesting. Is that in uh, is that at 12 or is that in uh, Baltimore? That's in Seattle. Yeah. It's always tougher at the 12. Oh yeah, absolutely. Always tougher. Absolutely. You can't even deny that anymore. You can't even be like, oh, no, it's not. Like, it's just so many times. I won't poo-poo that. That's, that's... Awesome teams have come in, and they just cannot function there. So, we'll see. I think it's going to be a great game regardless. I could see the Ravens winning it, but I think Seattle is just too disciplined, and Russell Wilson is Russell way too Wilson's... much of a competitor to lose a big game like that. He's on another level right yeah. now, I think. And I think he could push, especially with the Patrick Mahomes injury, He's a league MVP right now. I think he's going to push for the league MVP. I think he's a league MVP right now, truthfully. Uh, I think you go him, then maybe Christian McCaffrey, second. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I just think he's uh, offensively, he's running it. He's not turning the ball over. Um, neither is Mahomes, but with Mahomes, even uh, Mahomes is going to miss one game at least because he's missed pretty much. I mean, he played the first quarter of this game pretty much. I think, I think he's going to miss a few weeks, and that's going to hit. Uh, his stats, and I think Russell Wilson, because Russell Wilson's usually a finisher. Like his end of the season is always 
better than his beginning. Well, that's scary because he's had a great beginning of the season. That's, that's scary. <laughs> if that trend continues, he will be the MVP without a problem. Like he is just he, no joke, and he is much like the ilk of Tom Brady. If the play's not there, he's going to get rid of the ball. Yeah, he's or, smart. He's a smart player. So, I think we got a, a new another topic that we have to cover. Uh, this is a fan topic. Uh, as we discussed last episode, uh, Thursdays we'll be looking at Facebook, Twitter, see if there's a particular fan topic that people want us to discuss. Uh, so we picked this one out. I think it's a good one. So, <clears throat> Chris. And this is no knock on the older players in the league, but there's quite a few older players still left. Uh, if you had to pick one older player that is playing at an elite level still, and one player that should retire right now, who would they be? Well, I'm going to start, obviously, with my old man who is called old man on the field. And that is the Cardinals wide receiver, the legendary Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, this guy should have, by all metrics, retired five years ago. At least, yeah. He just continues to, with preparation and hard work and just intelligence, he continues to play at an elite level, regardless of who the quarterback is. Right. Get the job done. He plays the right way. You never see him outside of football with any kind of controversy or negativity. He is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Oh, absolutely. One of the greatest receivers of all time. And it's honestly fun to watch him play from the time he came into the league to last Sunday. He is phenomenal, and I hope he never goes away. I know he will, but uh, I nothing but good things to say about Larry Fitzgerald. As a, as a great man once said, Five years and one second after he retires, he will be a Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but, I mean, there may, there were many occasions over the past, I can see, seven years, he could have shot his way out of town. Oh, yeah. That's the thing, too. Loyal to his team. Right. And there were plenty of teams who were willing to offer oh, picks big to, take, to take him on their team. And no, he stayed strong. Wanted to stay there. Yep. And, and now... He's on a team with a young quarterback. I don't know if he's looking at retiring after this year, but who knows if he decides to play another year. I mean, I'm not going to tell him to walk away. I won't doubt him until he gives me a reason to on the field. Man. Right. He's, he's just that good. He's played in a above-average level for the past five years, and for his age at that position, it's astonishing. How about you? How about you for your, uh, your old-timer? My old timer that's playing above, or at least all star level, it's Philip Rivers. Yeah, Philip Rivers. He's rough last few weeks, but I agree. You can't put it all on him. No, they're trying totally. to, no, absolutely not. They're no. trying to they're trying to work back in Melvin Gordon. Um, not going to disparage what Melvin Gordon did. He wanted to get paid. He wanted a new contract. I get what he wanted to do. It did. It did has disjointed the, uh, the team a little bit by him being trying to integrate him back into the offense. They were running so well with Austin Eckler as their basically all-purpose running back. So now you have to integrate Melvin Gordon back in the offense and 
could it be taken away from it a little bit? Yeah, it could be. But he's still he's still one of the tops in, in yardage. He's got a good passing uh, completion percentage. Uh, he's not – his touchdown and the interception ratio is not great. Um, but he's also not working with great weapons. I mean, he, had, he, only, he only had Hunter Henry for a couple weeks because, again, as usual, Hunter Henry's injured. Uh, Mike Williams has been up and down as far as his injury, but when he's playing and he's decently healthy, he's been – pretty good he's got Keenan Allen but you can only do you only throw the ball so many times to Keenan Allen yeah and I think the, again the integration of Melvin Gordon into back into the offense is kind of throwing a couple people off kilter um, well no well, he has Gordon he has Eckler right he has Allen who when he has somebody to take some of the heat off him is an elite receiver right he's an elite receiver even when he doesn't have that sometimes right Wonder Henry's back so, I mean, that team's getting stronger, and it's getting better. And I think – no, you're right. I mean, he's – I've never been the biggest fan of the guy. I really don't care for his attitude all that much. But you cannot deny right. he has played at a high level for a very long time. And he stayed with his – again, he stayed with the same team. Well, technically, he was traded from the Giants on draft day, but we all know that debacle. Right. And, I mean, yeah, no, that, that's a good pick. That's a solid pick. Yeah, yeah I think – and obviously, he uh, he's indicated that he doesn't plan on retiring, but – he also seems to be a person to take it year to year. Yeah. Um, but he intends, I, I believe in what he says, he intends on resigning with the Chargers because I think his contract's up at the end of the season. Uh, he's just he's just still playing at a elite level, and you can do that as a quarterback in this day and age because of the rules, parameters, how the uh, receivers are treated. You can do that because you can stay upright and not take, take so many hits, which – I would say I would speak to some of the younger quarterbacks in the league. You need to follow the the process and uh, actions of your Philip Rivers, your Tom Brady, your Russell Wilson, because those guys are going to last. Russell Wilson will age gracefully. Rivers and Tom Brady have aged gracefully. Some of these guys might not be there. Before we get to the negative side of that coin. Yeah. I would be remiss if I did not give the creator of this question credit. Okay. Who, who did that? This one actually came from text message. It did? It did. Oh, interesting. I believe this person saw your post online. Yeah. Text me back. Hey, what about a comparison? Good older players versus players who need to hang it up. That text was from none other than my mother, Tammy. Interesting. Who is, give her credit... First place in our fantasy league, mind you. And she came in second in our baseball. I just wanted to throw it out there that she's she knows her stuff. She's she knows her no, stuff. She's yeah. kind of knocking it out. Yeah, in both. She's, she's killing it. She knows her respects. stuff. So I figured, if we're gonna go with the question, I'm gonna go with someone who knows yeah, what you're talking about. So, I agree. Want to give credit to a, a job well done. Absolutely. Before while we were still on the positive side of it, before we got to the negative. Before we get to the negative, which. Know. Uh, you, you want to go first? I went first with the positive. You want to? You want to? I'll go first. Do the negative Nelly here. Uh, we'll we'll scan over mine. Mine's um, mine's simplistic. Uh, I just I think he's affecting other players. Okay. Andre Whitworth. Now, hearing the name first, some of you might be like, "Who is that?" Uh, he's an offensive lineman for the LA Rams. Thirty-eight years old. Signed a huge contract 
I want to say three years ago, but I don't have it in front of me right now. He has become... An albatross? That's a perfect word. Yeah. Albatross of this offensive line. And the only reason why they have to have him is they just they've sold off pieces and they literally are, have a cluster of rookies on that offensive line. So they need to play him. And is it helping him that there's a bunch of rookies? I don't think so, but he could also take the lead as a veteran offensive lineman and lead that offense, even though he's a tackle. But I think I think he's just, at this point, Jared Goff's not getting much protection. I, I, I can poo-poo on Jared Goff all I want, but justifiably his offensive line is not giving him protection. His offensive line is not getting the production in the running game. Uh, and that's part and parcel because you're rotating a couple, sometimes three running backs in that backfield. But other teams are being able to do that. They're able to rotate guys in the backfield. He needs to be a leader, and if he doesn't have it anymore, then I'd say after this season, I mean, realistically, the only reason why he's not going to retire is because he wants to get his the rest of his money, probably. Um, and if he retired right now, they would probably have to inject another type rookie into that spot, and it just would be it'd be over for Jared Goff for this season. Oh, onto my uh, my old. Uh my old Tom, who should ride off in the sunset. I don't really know if it's so much old or just worn down. Beat up? Be- I can't remember him being really ever injured, beat up. He just... My pick for the old timer who should ride off into the sunset, Joe Flacco. I can't say his name without rolling my eyes. Why is that? Because he's not good. He's not good at all. Oh, I think he's okay. And he hasn't been good for a very, very long time. He was, he was okay at one point. Yeah. He was okay when he had a stellar defense. And he put up mediocre numbers. And all those defensive guys walked around saying, Joe Flacco's elite. Joe Flacco's elite. No, 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 no. The defense was elite. And he reaped the benefits of it. Yeah, he has a Super Bowl ring, you know. Yeah, that's cool. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. And a blind squirrel finds him that once in a while. A broken clock is right twice a day. That is true, sir. Yeah. So, I mean, nothing personal. Nothing nothing against the man himself. But (laughs) sitting down and watching him. We just tried watching this Thursday night game. We watched the first half and then came in to record this. Joe Flacco was abysmal. How many sacks did they have in the first half? Uh, I believe six in the first half. Six yeah. or seven. And it was not getting much better. But in the that, that's half. on his line, though. That's not necessarily on him. Even when he has time, he couldn't hit water falling out of a boat. That's hard to do. He's just not good. I mean, if teams are still willing to pay him to be 5-11, and 11, awesome. Take your money, Joe. Good for you. 5-11. I know. That's kind of over overshooting it there. But I, I just I, I can't. I <laughs> I see him on offense, and I'm like, well, okay, I, I get time to go get another soda. I'm fine. When was the last time you considered him as a fantasy player of value? Um, the next time would be the first time. Oh, interesting. No, that's, that's, that's being sarcastic. There was a few years there where he was a viable option for a stream. 
as a streaming option, but he was never the guy you were like, ooh, I got Joe Flacco in the sixth round. I'm so excited. No, hmm. no. <laughs> well, <laughs> speaking of mediocre players, I think that sets up Banker Tank pretty nicely. It does. So we are going to give you our bank and then our tank players, a quarterback, running back, and wide receiver from each one of us who will help your team or hurt your team. Ben, you want to start? I do. I do. I do. Well, too bad. I I'm am, just kidding. I, I am taking a, a smidgen of a gamble on my quarterback. Yeah, that's, that's an understatement. So normally I wouldn't go this route. But it's a feeling. When I did my research, it's a feeling. That might be heartburn, man. I, I wasn't even at the time, so I don't think it was. Okay, well, go ahead. Go for um, it. I'm going with Andy Dalton. Oh. Quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals. Hearing that name gives me heartburn. So there's uh, a couple factors. Uh, their opponent is Jacksonville. Uh, the game, the first game Jalen Ramsey missed, their defense played like they were on a mission. I think we watched it. I think it was a Thursday night game against uh, the Titans. Oh, yeah, yeah. That actually ended up being a pretty good game. After that, they, they've been a sieve. And now that Jen Ramsey's gone in L.A., I think his his absence will be will, – the effects of his absence will continue. They've given up 20 points a game with Jalen Ramsey. They've given up 23.6 points a game without. And even though Cincinnati's got issues, um, they're still able to put up yards and points, even though they're 0-1, they have no wins, they're still able to put up yards and points. He's able, Dalton's able to get at least 225, 250 he still he has Tyler Boyd. He's got Tyler Eifert. He's got Joe Mixon. For what that's worth, he's he's got uh, so far six losses. Right. Uh, he's got a couple other pieces. Erickson Tate. You know he's got some little pieces to help him move the ball. Am I saying he's going to be a world beater? Not in the least bit. But you're looking at Carolina, Cleveland. Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay on all buys. So, for larger leagues, you're looking at at least two starters that you can't use. Um, if you want to go with Devlin Hobbs, you can't have him because he's on Pittsburgh and they're on buy. If you're desperate and you wanted to use Jamison, you can't. He's on buy. So, at this point, if you if you need a quarterback because your starter is injured, is on bye, has been one of these starting quarterbacks that have gone down an injury, so you're scrambling. Andy Dalton projected on ESPN to get fifteen point four. That might be okay for you in a larger league to get to maybe win the game. I know it's a reach, but. Sometimes I'm going to take a reach because there's a couple of, there was a couple of names out there that they're low hanging mm. fruit. I couldn't just mm. it'd be too much of an easy pick, you know, quarterback against Miami, quarterback against yeah, yeah I hear you there. Washington would be a little too easy for me to just say, oh, yeah, no, I'm gonna that's the one I'm gonna go with. 
You know the number one reason I would never take Andy Dalton? Why is that? Because he's Andy Dalton. That is correct. My bank quarterback for the week is actually your tank quarterback from last week. Interesting. Jared Goff. He is going to have a very, very, very nice game. Is that so? Yes. Against that Falcons defense that you and I and nine tenth graders could probably put up 15 points on. That's, that's fair. Cooper Cup's too talented. Robert Woods is too talented. Doesn't matter who the running back is, whether it's Malcolm Brown, Henderson, if Gurley decides he feels good enough to play this week. Not to mention Brandon Cooks. They're tight ends. There's too much talent there, and there is not a lot of talent on Atlanta's defense. Goff is going to have a Goff game. He's going to go 300 yards and three touchdowns. He's going to have a monster game. Very, very, very sufficient comeback from last week. Right. Start him without hesitation. He's going to have a great week. I just don't – yeah, I don't see Atlanta able to put – any feasible pressure on the quarterback. No. They they have no star that I can think of that's a viable pass rush. Maybe Vic Beasley, but he seems to be on that downturn of his career already. And when you have the weapons that Jerry Goff has at your disposal and right. there's no pressure on you, right. you're dangerous. Yeah. Running back. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Mine's going to be uh, Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack. Right. Fresh off a of bye week. Fresh nice off and, bye nice week. and rested. So, any lingering injuries that he had from previous weeks, uh, he should be as 100% uh, healthy as he could possibly be this time at this time of the year. Uh, so, Houston's rushing defense is pretty actually pretty good. Um, it, would, it would stun you to to know that they're eighth in rush, uh, race eighth in rushing against. Um, that's part because they're twenty third passing yards against. Um, also, the trend seems to be the, the top tier running backs they faced. I don't want to say a world beaters against them, but they've been productive. Eighty five, ninety, close to one hundred yards, maybe a touchdown. Uh, it's the lower tier running backs that they've faced that they've kind of shut down. With the exception of Leonard Fournette, for some reason he got shut down, but I can chalk that up as I don't remember which week I was looking at when they faced. I think that was the first week. I think that was the week after they faced Tennessee. That would be the second game of Jalen Ramsey no show. Um, and I think that I think that kind of affected the team, especially when they invested so much in that Thursday night game. But I think I think Marlon Mack's just going to be able to produce enough, and he still gets he gets touches out of the backfield, regardless of what Hines gets. He gets touches out of the backfield. And again, to my point, Carolina, Christian McCaffrey, Cleveland, Nick Chubb, Pittsburgh, James Conner. Tampa Bay, for what it's worth. I'm sorry, John Connor, not James. Uh, for what's worth, Peyton and Peyton Barber and who's the other one that 
Always messes with Ronald Jones. Thank you, Ronald Jones. The two of them, you, you can't really predict, but it's a viable option. So now you're essentially down four to five running backs. Well, they're actually a good running back, even if those guys are available. Understandable. I'm just saying if you're struggling with you're struggling with putting someone in, and maybe you're looking at it through the perspective I research it through, and you're looking at the defense and saying, "Well, they're, they're pretty stingy against the run." Well, no. I think they're. I think he's going to put up the yards because he put up yards uh, pretty much all season except for one game, I think, off the top of my head. And he's going to get some catches, and I think they're going to they're going to run a good offense. And Indy's going to want to win this game. This could this could be one of those tilt games where who's going to win the division? This could be one of those games where it decides it. My running back is Josh Jacobs of the Raiders. They are going to be at Lambeau against the Green Bay Packers. Now, I know people are going to say, well, we just watched the Packers just wreak havoc against the Lions. You did. Yeah. But Josh Jacobs is – he shouldn't be just a pure running back. But he just has that kind of talent. Look what he did against the Chicago Bears defense. Yeah. I know that was London. It was That's opposite land when it comes to football and NFL results. But he had a tremendous game against them. And Green Bay is not nearly as good on defense as Chicago. I know that's a rivalry, so you're pissing off one side or the other when you say that. Right. But that's, you know, I'm just giving my opinion, and that's what I think. Green Bay's defense is not as good as Chicago's. And... Josh Jacobs is going to have a very, very nice game. He also has been targeted more out of the backfield. Now, he's only had two and three receptions, respectively, in the last two weeks. But, well, technically three, because last week was a bye week. But that's more involved because he had zero receptions the previous four weeks before that. So it's an evolution of him. Exactly. They're learning how to use him. They're getting more comfortable with him in all aspects of the game. I'm glad to see a team... Able to evolve a rookie running back into the offense and be able to use him. Chicago. (laughs) Um, Philadelphia. Oh, they're going to start, too, though. They they, they started last week. Um, I'm hoping they keep that trend. Uh, But Chicago will be the one that I would think needs to play catch up. Montgomery's the guy. Yes. Speaking of the guy, your wide receiver. My wide receiver is going to be DJ Chark. Kid's been awesome. He had one by one bad week, and that was in yeah, Denver. Not which, everyone, not everyone's going to kill it every week. And and in Denver, it's always tough for anybody who goes into Denver. It's always tough. Mile high against the number one ranked pass defense in the league. Yeah, I give him a pass on that. I mean, the only reason why Kansas City's lighting up Denver this week is because well, Joe Flacco looks like age, aged fifteen years, and Kansas City starts the first quarter. And and uh, Mahomes was tearing up most of the first half, so yeah, defensive touchdown in there too. Right, so I think I think against Cincinnati, Cincinnati's bad. Let's just defensively, they're bad. They don't have anyone who can match up with DJ Chark. Nobody. Uh, their running defense, Cincinnati's, is thirty second in the league. Now, why does that matter for a receiver? 
I just it, it just opens up the field. It just tells you they're they're bad against the defense, and the only reason why their passing yards are so in the middle of the pack is because everyone runs the ball on them. Mm-hmm. But it will open up opportunities for absolutely DJ Chark, especially with I think off the top of my head, he's got five or six touchdowns already. He's a red zone threat. Every week, he's a red zone threat. So even if he does does get like. Four for sixty or four for fifty, I, w- I could bank at least one touchdown. With yeah, him. yeah, for sure. It wouldn't shock me if he had two. Speaking of a guy who can put up two touchdowns, my bank receiver of the week, T. Y. Hilton. Ooh. This guy came out week one, had a much to people's surprise, had a great game. Brissett and him seem to have a really nice connection. Brissett's really comfortable with him. Right. And for the first time, and I want to say three weeks to a month, T.Y. Hillman is not carrying an injury designation into the game after the bye week, which means he's healthy. Oh, that's trouble. A big division matchup yeah. against Houston. As I pointed out earlier, it's going to be a huge game. Yeah, it's they're, they're going to go out and they're going to – they're in Indy. So oh. that's – you know, they're, they're in their comfort zone. That's a division game. I think Hillman's going to go off. I wouldn't be surprised to see something like six for one ten and two touchdowns, something like that. Could even be higher than that. Right. But he's been catching a lot of short passes. It's still it's so. still a bad defense. Any way you slice, it's a bad defense. They're winning some of their games, uh, I'm talking about Houston, some of their games they're winning because they're outscoring teams. It's a shame to see them struggling so much in Houston because JJ Watt deserves better. And I think Sean Watson deserves a better offensive line. Oh, we've yeah, we have we've we've been down that road. Been down that road, and we'll be down that road again the rest of the season because they're not their offensive line is not getting any better. No. Speaking of not getting any better, time for to go from the good to the bad to the bad. Who's your thumbs down quarterback of the week? Well, I initially went with uh, Chase Daniels, uh, but a kind gentleman uh, on the internet today uh, informed me. That Mitchell Trubisky is starting. So, upon doing some digging and some research and looking at a couple different sites, he's right. Mitchell Trubisky is starting this week. Uh, regardless of the injury that happened a few weeks ago, he seems to be on target. With, as he quoted, as quoted by the quarterback himself, not a lot of pain in the shoulder when he throws. Very little. So. Wouldn't you want none if you were going to bring him back? Correct. I would want none. I would want zero. Yeah. I would be. I would so want franchise quarterback against the New Orleans Saints. So let's put it in perspective. First off, they, their offense is bottom of barrel to begin with across the board. We're talking total yards, passing yards, rushing yards. Clearly, we know about the rushing yards because they still can't use Montgomery. Um, you got points per game bottom. Uh, they went to London, as you pointed out earlier, and we pointed out last week, and got beat by the Oakland Raiders. So my second point, Saints defense. They stepped it up since Drew Brees has been out. Now, taking the game where Drew Brees went out and Teddy came in, the, the games after that, they've dropped their points per game from 20. 20.3 to 13.3. Stunning. I think it's stunning. That tells you that defense is stepping up. And they have probably 
one of the top players, uh, up-and-coming players at corner in Lattimore. So I just don't think I don't think this the the the, the offense offensive ability inabilities the questionable play at quarterback with Mitchell Trubisky the running back usage is quite frankly a head scratcher and their O line is inconsistent and they just lost their left tackle Kyle Long he's on IR so now we have an offensive line that was already in shambles and inconsistent, now losing a stalwart. We talked a lot about the Saints there. I did. And that brings me to my tank player quarterback uh, of the no. week. And I hate doing this because I really uh, like this guy and he's been a great story. But Love Teddy B. Well, thanks for spoiling it. Teddy Bridgewater is my tank quarterback of the week. Nothing against Teddy. He's had a nice run. He's due for a bad game. No better time to have a bad game than against the Bears in Chicago. Mind you, Alvin Kamara, one of his top weapons, has not practiced for the second day in a row now, so there's a very real chance he may not play. And if he doesn't have Kamara against that Bears defense, he loses his outlet, he loses his check down, because Latavius Murray is not the same as Alvin Kamara. No, he's not. He is going to struggle. And I mean, you never. I mean, with Michael Thomas, you, you might hit a long pass to Michael Thomas. You get a you know eighty-yard touchdown. Right. But then that, you're probably going to end the day with eighty-five passing yards because that defense is going to. Well, they're going to play. They're going to play off on him all day. They're going to play man coverage, and they'll have a safety over top of Michael Thomas. I mean, he'll probably still get his catches, but yeah, it's 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 not. A, that's a scary proposition. Yeah, it's Teddy it's not looking good for Teddy this week. Well, on to my tank running back. Somebody who I think has Derrick Henry syndrome, where he has a good game every now and then, and people seem to think he's better than he is. And who's that? And I'm going to catch a lot of grief for this, and I hope I do, because I will argue this all day long. Aaron Jones against... The Raiders. Actually, it's the opposite because I picked Josh Jacobs as my bank and Aaron Jones as my tank. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I stick by that 100%. It's an, Aaron, interesting, it's an interesting pick. Yeah, I just I, – I, I don't think he's the player everybody thinks he is. He so, had a couple of good weeks, and all of a sudden he's he's the uh, next Barry Sanders, and it's just it's ridiculous. I don't think he didn't, – he didn't have a great week last week. No. No, uh, his bet, Jamal, Jamal Williams did. Yeah. I must say Jamal Anderson, yeah. Wrong decade. <laughs> Jamal Williams had a really, really solid game. We've had over 100 yards. <clears throat> Thanks in part to a long touchdown run, but that's still a play he made, so he gets credit for it. And he and and Jones lost uh, touches because he fumbled the ball. Yes. and I mean, yeah, he had a couple of one-yard touchdown runs, I believe three within the five-yard line a couple yeah. weeks ago. And all of a sudden, he's out talking like he's the – Second coming. Second coming of Barry Sanders or, you know, anybody consistent, which he is not. So don't expect him to start this week. And, uh, yeah, that's that's not a lot to say there. I wouldn't trust him. I wouldn't start him. Uh, The Raiders not having a pass rush will benefit them there because they're going to have guys on the line. Right. Which Aaron Jones will just run directly into for about a yard and a half at a time. So start him at your own risk, and uh, yeah, good luck. 
So, it's an interesting pick. Um, I'm going to go... This might be a little too easy to pick, but I'm going to throw it out there just because I want to make sure people understand that you need to keep an eye on this player. Austin Eckler started the season as a world beater. He was catching the ball at the backfield. He was running the ball, racking up a crazy amount of points. Melvin Gordon came back. It was a week after the Dolphins game. He had a ton of catches, like 80 yards, so he's still like, wow, he's still productive. And last week, last week he hit the wall. He had like four points, I think, off the top of my head. The, the reality that everyone was trying to hide from was that when Melvin Gordon came back, he was going to take over the league touches. And this week will be the, I would say, the final nail in the coffin for the Austin Eckler fan club. And he's just going to be five, six touches. They're going to feed Melvin Gordon. And I'm not saying that Melvin Gordon's going to have a great game against Tennessee Titans because Tennessee is also a top defense. I just don't. I just don't see Eckler getting the touches that would justify 12.9 projection. I just don't see that as a viable option, especially after last week. Well, no, there's no there's no consistency there. Like you said, his, his touches are going to go way down. His his uh, rushes are going to go way down. He could still get a decent number of touches because he is still going to be used as a receiver. I agree, but I just don't. and well, no, no, I I agree. He's not he's not going to be the consistent, you know elite caliber player he seemed to be in week one and two. He is the kind of player who, from this point on, as long as Melvin Gordon's healthy, if you have to throw him in as a flex once in a while in a good matchup, he can he can take a screen pass and run 60 yards for a touchdown with it easily. But if you want consistency, he's he's your glory play. He's your, this is a good matchup. I'm going to start him. Hopefully he gets a couple of touchdowns or gets a couple of long runs or whatever. But, yeah, Melvin Gordon's the guy. Melvin Gordon is a good receiver out of the backfield. Eckler's usage went way down, so I'd agree 100% there. Eckler's definitely gone from an RB1 in a matter of, like, two weeks to a borderline flex play. Yeah, a matchup-dependent flex play. Right. Your receiver. Well, it's going to be a theme on the tank, and I actually could have probably went the entire offense from this team. I went that Allen Robinson, wide receiver from Chicago. It's the same reasons I went with Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, I'll expound on that by saying New Orleans gives up yards and catches to the second, the third, fourth options. The first option doesn't get a sniff. Allen Robinson is technically a first option on that offense. And Mark. Marshawn Lattimore is just, I mean, he came out of Ohio State a few years ago. First-round pick. He was highly recruited coming out of high school. Talented player. And he's starting to make a name for himself as a top-tier corner. He's going to shut down Allen Robinson. I don't see him getting a sniff of anything. Maybe two catches for like 10 yards. Uh, he'll get like four or five, six, maybe even seven targets, but he's not going to get the production that you want. 
out of a, even a flex play. And like I pointed before, the offense is bottom of the league regardless. Yeah, and what can you really expect from him? Again, number one against that defense, but two, Trubisky, although Robinson is Trubisky's favorite target, his shoulder's still sore. He, he admitted that before he even got on the field. Right. And now, so, and now you're going to look at Mitchell Trubisky is playing, is taking first team reps. Is How much is Chase Daniels taking? Even if they're splitting 50 50, so now Mitchell's not getting all the first team reps, and so now he's not being able to get back into flow. So now he's not going to have a, a relationship with Allen Robinson again. Or is Mitchell Trubisky taking all the first team reps? So when, and I will say when, he goes out of the game because his shoulder's hurting, now Chase Daniels didn't build a rapport all week because it is game plan specific. Just look at Teddy Bridgewater, the game he went in for Drew Brees. He was kind of, uh. And then all of a sudden, boom, boom, boom. Three weeks in a row. I mean, he wasn't lighting on fire, but the offense was consistent enough and the, and the defense was top tier. The quarterback has to, has to be in the game plan to have the offense function. And if you're yep. sliding in, I mean, tonight, Matt Moore, he didn't look great. Yes, he threw a, a floating slant to Tyreek Hill. And guess what? Tyreek Hill outrun the, outrun the defender to the ball and then proceeded to put on the burners. So if you have that kind of player, great. But Allen Robinson's not that kind of player. No, he's a very good player. And against a lesser defense with a fully healthy Jabrisky, he could be effective. Right. But not, not, that, not this weekend. No, he's not. Speaking of ineffective, my tank receiver is an elite caliber receiver. Is that? I believe. However, due to, for whatever reason, the offense seemingly just losing their identity over the past three weeks to a month, this person has just been in complete obscurity. That is Keenan Allen, wide receiver for the L.A. Chargers. Wow. They're going against the Titans. Yeah. A very formidable defense. That is true. They are on the road at the Titans. I don't know what kind of atmosphere that is down there to play in. It's not necessarily, you know, a Lambeau Field or Gillette or before the previous two weeks, Arrowhead, Seattle, you know, but it's still at home. The team's more comfortable at home. And that offense for the Chargers has just, they look like they're trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. That usually doesn't work. It usually doesn't, and if it does, then a lot of pieces break and it's really messy. And then you can't play with it again because it's all broken. Yeah. It's sad. So... I mean, I'll leave the press to everybody, Ben. That's nice. I'm sorry. Um, but, no, he's a great receiver. I just I don't see that offense turning around this week, especially. I mean, I know you talked about Philip Rivers being your legendary old man. Yeah. And, and you're not wrong. I'm not knocking him for that. But he has, he has looked – he's – Looked his age the last few weeks. Was that Allen or Philip? No, Philip Rivers. Oh. The last few weeks. 
again, that's getting Melvin Gordon back. That's that's changing the game plan. That's trying to incorporate new things into the offense. Right. There's reasons for it. They've had injuries. I don't think uh, Keenan Allen's a bad receiver by any means. I take him on my team all day. But it's just the, the offense overall, given the fact they're going against a very good defense, I, I don't think you can lean on him this week. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I would, I would say I would want to disagree, but just looking at his targets and receptions for the past three weeks, he didn't do anything against Miami. Like, his big week was the week before, and they lost that game. The past two weeks, he's done absolutely nothing. He had 18 yards two weeks ago. Yeah. 18 yards. Yeah, he's, he hasn't done anything. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it just, so. It just seems to, it, it seems to, it seems to me that something's wrong with that offense entirely. And I think you can point it directly, and I hate to put it on one person. And I know what he was trying to do, and I get it. you got to point it on one person. Melvin Gordon was there, at least through training camp, preseason, beginning of the season, with this offense, this offense, and this team that was, correct me if I'm wrong, were they not in the AFC Championship last No, they weren't. They were in the AFC Divisional round last year against the Patriots. They lost in July. But... They were a decently running offense. Mm-hmm. And now, Absolutely. And now it's affected because Melvin Gordon sat out. No, they're a dangerous offense running around, spinning on all cylinders, but they're just not right now. So that's going to wrap it up for this week. We uh, thank you very much for listening. And we always invite you to share your opinions and questions and just ideas in general, what you think of the show what you're feeling, what you want to hear. Absolutely. And Ben, tell them how to do that. Uh, well, let's see. You can go on emails at Gmail, uh, ben at and Chris dogfootball at gmail.com. Uh, you can have, hit us up on Twitter, ben Chris talk fo one uh, Hit us on Instagram, Ben underscore Chris talk football And Facebook.com backslash... Ben and Chris talk football. Um, I'm on there quite often, so I'm willing to talk to anybody who wants to listen. And Seriously, just, folks, he's very lonely. He needs some friends. Please talk to him. I mean, he I, cries. I don't he cries a lot. Stop. I don't cry. It's just. Doesn't cry. It's sometimes, just sinuses. Yeah. Sometimes the dirt gets in your eyes and it's just <laughs> not good for you. Uh, we're also. Just a reminder, we're. We're running a little contest. You know, if we get uh, 100 follows by next Tuesday, we might send out a little tiny clip of one of our trial casts, I call them. Nothing big, maybe like a two, three minute clip that we might send out. So spread the word, uh, especially if you like us. If you don't like us, don't say a word. <laughs> uh, but I think, I think we appreciate it if you, you spread the word and uh, help us out. Um, we're just trying to grow, and we might have more stuff down the road, potentially, if um, we keep growing, because we have quite a few trial casts sitting uh, We have hours of nonsense, just unlistenable nonsense. You guys really want to hear this stuff. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, guys. See you next time.